It is Friday, January 19th, 2024. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producers Dan Rourke and Lucas Diversa along for the ride as well. We'll give Lucas a producerial credit, even though he's one of our top sales guys out there. And of course, one of the great goalies in the history of floorball competition. Hi, Ploofy. How you doing, man? What's up, C. Rose? I'm yeah. doing great. I'm excited to talk some ball. We have some good topics today. And then I think yeah. the last question I just told you. Fun one. Very, very excited yeah. for. By the way, congratulations to Adam Wainwright, who has joined Fox Sports to be one of their baseball analysts. I did not see yesterday. I got to admit, I didn't do a ton of digging on this. I hope he ends up in the booth because I think that's where he will excel. And I think he's going to help out the national product immensely. Yes, I think so, too. I enjoyed listening to him whenever he got into the booth yep. last year, and uh, he's a storyteller, and he's right. uh, got a good cadence to his speech, so I, yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I think he'll be really good. Uh, we are here to talk a little bit of baseball, and uh, the Astros with some bad news that could turn into some really good news in their bullpen. Uh, a couple days ago, it was announced that Kendall Graveman is having shoulder surgery. He's likely done for the entire 2024 season. And then on the heels of that, Ken Rosenthal, the athletic reported that the Astros have now turned up the heat in their pursuit of Josh Hader, the top closer on the free agent market. Does Graveman's absence make it a must get to have the best closer out there now? I don't think it makes it a, a must get, but I think you do have to look to the Astros future in this decision. I mean, they got a bunch of guys that are free agents at the end of the year and it's, it could turn out to be a, changing of the guard if you I kind of hope it doesn't I want this team to stay together for as long as possible I'm talking Bregman I'm talking Altuve you know Verlander's there um I don't think they have to go do this obviously they still have Ryan Presley in the back end of the bullpen that will be like probably the biggest storyline is what do they do mm -hmm. with these two guys I mean it's scary it'd be an awesome problem to have as a manager but I think it would be a problem like you don't sign Hater to a massive deal and then Tell him he's going to pitch the seventh inning. Like, I don't think that happens. But you have Ryan Presley, who's been closing games out for you, who's got a 20-game score the streak in the playoffs. Like, right. It'd be it'd be an interesting problem to have. I don't think they have to go get him, C-Rose, but I do think that they are looking to the future. If I'm running the Astros, I look to lock up my other guys besides bringing him in. I, I want to keep the gang together. So they have to allocate the money somewhere. I think they're better off keeping Bregman there, keeping Altuve there if they can, um, than going out and getting Hayter. They already have that in Ryan Presley. Yeah, Presley is one of the most decorated postseason closers ever. He has the fifth most postseason saves. He has the second longest streak behind Mariano Rivera with starting your career without blowing a postseason save. He's currently at 14. So he has been exceptional. And we have talked before about other teams. Well, when you bring in a guy who's been successful as a closer – and it doesn't seem like that big a deal if you have to move him to the seventh or eighth inning. It doesn't seem like it. But then again, this isn't a video game. These are real-life human beings that are playing it. And so there is some adjustment, uh, particularly for a guy who hasn't recorded more than three outs in a regular season game, I believe, since 2020. So, you know, that's not never on the menu for a guy like Josh Hader. So a few things as to why I don't think this will happen. The Astros don't spend big in free agency. Now, they've only given out three $100 million contracts. And by the way, I almost laugh at myself when I say only three $100 million contracts. Mm -hmm. But that's when they've extended their own guys, right? Altuve's had it done. Bregman's had it done. And Alvarez has had it done. You mentioned that they got to take care of some of their own at some point, whether those are pitchers 
who haven't been extended in their rotation. Kyle Tucker's up real soon. So there's still a bunch of moving parts here. Um, they've never spent more than, I think it's $58.5 million on a free agent to come in and join their team. So this would be totally, and we know that, I don't know if Hader will get nine figures. I think he will. But this, he's going to blow past the 58.5 mil that they gave somebody else. So it just doesn't feel like, you know what this feels like to me? And I would never question Ken's sources because he's he's really reliable baseball reporter. This sounds like an agent planting a story to get another team involved. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it doesn't even like really make sense, even on the surface level. Because they, they, you mentioned, I mean, what about Framber? Like, there's a lot of people there that they got to either get rid of or give money to. And I, I just think that a, the most expensive closer on the market that might set records probably isn't the best way to go do it when you have guys in-house that are already taking care of that role. So, yeah, I I, I don't really give this too much credence, to be honest with you. Yeah, and um, watch. It's, it's probably going to happen. Not you. saying it wouldn't work, people. I mean, right? It's. I, I think well, if 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 Hader gets a deal and he gets whatever, you know, say he matches Edwin Diaz. At that point, what does he care about being the closer? I think he likes doing it. Yeah. But if if a team said, "Hey, man, you're going to be the guy that puts out the fire," I think he'd be open to it. And on top of that, um, at that point, you don't have to protect your arm anymore. In terms of hey, if we yeah, this is his go- deal. Right. This yeah. is it. Like, this is where he's yeah. going to make his money. By the end of it, he's going to be in his mid 30s. And who knows if he's even going to continue playing baseball at that point? I don't, I mean, it's just, I think you and I are kind of on the same wavelength here. Like, we really need to see it in order to believe it. And if he does get the nine figures, it'll come from some other team other than the Houston Astros. Uh, from the Strohs to Stroh, Marcus Stroman, it became official two years, 37 million with the New York Yankees. Uh, he had a Zoom conference. Everybody knows how much I despise those, but he was great on it. Um, answered a ton of questions out there, and he says he is ready to be a Yankee. I'm not someone who shies away from the limelight or pressure or the lights. I think a lot of guys would avoid avoid coming to New York and, and playing for the Yankees because because of that reason. And I'm someone who, like I said, I feel like it it brings out the best in me. So I'm looking forward to this opportunity. I think Cash is is kind of right there um, in agreement with me as far as he thinks it's going to be um, a good situation for the both of us. So, Pluffy, do you agree with him and think this is an ideal fit? I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very good fit. We, we've talked about what it, kind of pitcher he is and what kind of pitcher you have to be to pitch in that park. You know, just pure stuff. I mean, keeping mm-hmm. the ball in the ground uh, is major in that park. So he's able to do that. He limits fly balls, which is great. Uh, you know, everyone always talks about the off-the-field stuff, like kind of how outspoken uh, Stro is and how is that going to work with the media. I don't think it's going to matter that much, man. I-, I think we're putting way too much stock into the New York media versus Marcus Stroman after a, a bad start. It-, it might happen that, the- you know, there's a couple instances during the year where he gets a little upset or he starts blocking people on Twitter. Like that might happen. But I think overall, the performance is what matters. And I think he's going to perform well there. And this is a guy who does love the spotlight, obviously. Like this guy likes to be seen. He constantly says how much he likes pressure. Ain't no more pressure in the big leagues than pitching for the Yankees. There really isn't. So if all of that is true and you believe Marcus Stroman and he wants to be in the spotlight, then I do think this is the perfect spit. Like, if you want to be in the spotlight right now, I mean, you're going to the Yankees, you're going to the Dodgers. 
I think the Yankees even more so. It's just it's just a bigger brand, and New York is a little bit brighter. So I think it is a perfect fit in the pitching aspect of it. You know how he commands, um, you know the the zone and 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 all of that. Also off the, I, I think people are saying it's going to be bad for him. I think it's gonna be good for him. I think it's gonna keep him locked in. So I, I'm expecting good things out of Marcus Stroman in New York. I really am. I think it's a really good fit. Um, in fact, he's not the he's not the starting pitcher that is facing the most questions. You know, there's at least two guys ahead of him, certainly one in Carlos Rodon. Yes. He's the guy with the nine-figure deal. He's the guy that barely pitched last year. He was the guy who walked off the mound and did whatever he did. Like, he's the one that there's questions about. This rotate, like Marcus Stroman, you pretty much know what you're getting with him. Guy that's going to keep the ball in the yard, keep the ball on the ground. Last year, he had a little bit of a health issue, but nothing major in his career to the point where you're like, oh, God, can we get 18 to 20 starts out of him? No, no, no. You can pencil him in for 26 to 30, I think, for the most part. Um, But I will disagree with you with the other stuff. I told you the other day the reason I'm concerned, it's not the New York media. It's can Marcus Stroman get out of his own way. And if I, if I were to advise him, I would tell him to shut down his social media. I really would. I, I I just would. If he can't help himself with certain things that will be exasperated in New York, they just will. Be. I'm telling you, dude, he did a nice job erasing and um, scrubbing some of his stuff that he had put out there. I was surprised that nobody in the media asked directly about particular things he may have liked because usually that's the way. And some people say, well, Rose, that shit doesn't matter. Well, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But you got to ask him about it in an introductory news conference, something you have done in your past. It's the first time we have a chance to talk to you. I was surprised that it wasn't asked in particular. Certain liking of uh, social media posts, things of that nature. Yeah, I don't know. We talked about this. I I think his team should just say, "Give us your phone." Like, yes. like let's just we can still run your social. A lot of guys do that. Let us run your social media for you. Mm-hmm. I think that would, if that one simple step would uh, erase a lot of the doubt that people have in their minds. But as far as the perfect fit, I do. Th- I think it's a really good fit. Now it is to me, it's hilarious, and I don't blame Yankee fans at all. Right. Like, if you were to list, if Yankee fans a month ago were to list their least favorite baseball players playing right now, Marcus Stroman probably would have made the top five list. Don't you think? Like, they've ne- they have not had a good relationship with him. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Now, that. here's what everybody's response was with the Yankee fans on social media. Well, you know what? I don't really like uh, Marcus, but you know what? I'm starting to. He's starting to make me turn a little I bit. I told you, dude. And, if this guy goes out and balls out on the mound, exactly. first starts, they're going to fall in love with this guy. And I don't blame any sort of fan base who has had some sort of cantankerous relationship with a player. Like, he plays for you now. Why would you harbor ill will based on... And then they all ended it the same way. I'm still blocked by him. You know? <laughs> so, to me, it's uh, it's somewhat comical. And by the way, everything's great right now. It's the middle of January. Nobody's given it's up true. a home run. It's so true. Nobody's had a bad outing. So it's all. It's, there's nothing but love. So it, it's easy to say he's the perfect fit right now. Call me in six months when we're in the middle of the season, and we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be a, a fascinating story to follow.
we we are in the best shape of my life. Yes. Very optimistic spring training vibes yeah. here. I get that. Uh, just so I can officially go on the record, not in the best shape of my life. <laughs> Me neither, dude. I'm trying to get back. Oh, stop it. You look great. I got a trip coming up. I got to be like, you know, locked in for. Seriously? You think you can do that in a couple days? I do. I do. You're awesome. Uh, former big leaguer Carlos Baerga with the big news is the Jays are about to sign Cuban-born pitcher Yariel Rodriguez to a four-year $32 million deal. Pitched in Japan from 2020 to 2022. The only time we saw him in competition with 2023 was in the World Baseball Classic. Um, he's expected to contend for a spot in the starting rotation. The interesting thing is what this might do for a guy like Alec Manoa, who at this point is still scheduled to fight it out for that fifth spot. John Paul Morosi of MLB Network says the Padres might be interested in Manoa, who, of course, had a disastrous 2023. In your opinion, should the Jays hang on to Manoa as insurance or move on from him and just say, go find it elsewhere? Hang on to him. I, and not for insurance. You want to get this guy back to where he was. Like, let's not forget the type of pitcher Alec Manoa was in the big leagues for two years. Like, he was an ace. We picked him to be the Cy Young. Like, this guy, okay, this is the thing that people don't understand. Last year was the first time he's ever struggled on the mound in his life. I got to assume, at least, right? Like, when he's younger, he's probably one of the best players. High school ball, probably one of the best players. Gets drafted, gets to the minor leagues, comes up, has initial success in the big leagues. And then, all of a sudden, like, you know, whatever happened. Mechanical stuff, stuff off the field. I don't really know the story. But he struggled last year. Gets demoted. When you struggle at the big league level for the first time ever in your life, like, you got to figure out how to deal with it. And sometimes it takes a while. And sometimes guys handle it better than others. So I think Alec Manoa is a guy who had to do all of that in front of people, and it was bad. He's had a whole offseason now to figure that out, to make some adjustments. Like, I am I'm looking toward – I'm looking at Alec Manoa to come back in 2024 and just, like, maybe not be where he was, but maybe he will. Like, this guy has the stuff. He has the ability to do it. I haven't talked to him, but I'm assuming a lot of this was mental last year. A lot of this was mental because – when you ha start having doubts about yourself in the big leagues, like there's no hiding. You can't hide. Like you're going to get, as a hitter, you're going to get rung up. You're going to feel like you've never stepped in the box before. As a pitcher, that's about as lonely as you can feel out there because you've got to have the ball every single, at least as a hitter, sometimes you could hide. If you're not feeling great, you could try to draw a walk. You hide in defensively. As a pitcher, you can't hide anywhere, bro. You have the ball every single pitch. So it's difficult to deal with that. I'm I'm rooting for him. I said that last year. I said, you know mm -hmm. what, man? I don't care. You know, you might have said some things. I don't care. I understand what it's like to struggle like that and to have to get through it. So I'm rooting for him. I I, I think that not only should they keep him, they should value him as a as a valuable part of their rotation because he can be and he's done it before. I think he's going to come back in 2024 and surprise a lot of people, Chris. What about the clean break philosophy? That yes, he can regain it, but just not in Toronto. There's just too much that went back and forth between he and the organization. Whoever gets him will be happy, I think. So this is interesting. I had Chris Bassett on the Rose rotation, one of his rotation mates, uh, several weeks ago, and we talked about Alec Manoa. And he said he hasn't really spoken with him much in the offseason. I think Manoa got married and, you know, had, had to go deal with that whole thing. And I said, well, what about making a clean break? 
it seems like the easier thing. He goes, no, 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 this make that makes no sense. He goes, why in the world would you give up on a guy who pitched at a Cy Young level the year before? He goes, in Toronto, Pete Walker, his pitching coach, knows exactly who he is and what he's about. The training staff knows what he's all about. He's got a familiarity with so many people in this organization. And he said, whatever issues there were, you can deal with that sort of stuff. He said, every major leaguer, particularly in the early 20s, this was really interesting. He said, you're always pushing back against people because they are suggesting things when you think you know what's best for you. And he said, it, it really is kind of a growing up period. When you get to about 26 or 27, he goes, then you kind of understand what the major leagues is all about. And it all kind of comes together that people are, for the most part, looking out for you. There are some people that you can really trust and others who you're going to keep at kind of arm's distance. But he said that that's always a work in progress. And he made the point, he goes, listen, there are days that my wife and I argue. Does that mean that we need a clean break? Of course not. So he was he was excellent. I would suggest it was right around the 40-minute mark of the Bassett. Um, I've given you kind of the synopsis of it, but go listen to that from the Rose rotation. And he said that there's no reason for the team to give up on him. I agree. There you go. Uh, the Cubs, they've been attached to just about everybody out there now, right? They've made one signing this offseason, but we keep hearing that they're they're stoking the flames and they're going to make some sort of big move out there. Well, uh, Bruce, I forget if it's Bruce Levine or Levine. I apologize. He's at 670 to score in Chicago. He says that the Northsiders are interested in Cleveland's two-time all-star closer, Emmanuel Classe, who isn't. But do you think yeah. that this one happens? That's my first take is who isn't interested in this guy coming off a down year a little bit so you can get him for a little bit cheaper at a discount. Everyone should be interested in him. Do I think this happens? I do not think this happens. I don't think the Guardians straight up. I think the Guardians still have a chance to win the AL Central next year, Chris. I don't know mm. if you agree with me or not. Uh, Vegas right now has him second behind the Twins in their odds. I, I You got three more years of control with this guy. I just don't see them trading him now, especially after he's coming off uh, you know, what he would consider a down year, you know, and there's some couple things that played into that. You know, I think in, if you ask the baseball kind of nerds, no offense, they'll talk about how he overperformed his peripherals in 2022 and underperformed them in 2023, something about defense and all that stuff. This guy is an electric freaking closer with electric stuff. You don't find these guys growing on trees. I don't think that the guardians get rid of him whatsoever uh, until you know, maybe a year before free agency because that's what they do. Um, but I don't think it happens this offseason. I don't think it happens even next offseason. Class A is a guardian because he's too dang good, man. Why would you give up on that guy? He's not only too good. He is probably working on the most affordable deal of anybody who can be dominant yes. in this league. In terms of, I mean, listen, there's guys that haven't hit arbitration that are, you know, better in terms yes. of... Uh, finances these days on the books but this is a guy who's already signed an extension you're not going to find a guy who's going to cost you two and a half million this year four and a half next and then six the year after that i didn't even see there were team options. options i didn't even see they were team yeah. options. right there's there's team options no after chance. that so if you do trade for a guy who's in his mid-20s and has had this type of success you are going to have to give up a shitload here's where i would say the cubs are the perfect team they have got at this point where the new list hasn't come out, seven of the top 100 prospects in baseball. Okay, that was at last check. They've just added Matt Butch, and he's in the 
mid forties. Michael or Michael Bush. Sorry about that. Um, they have in particular outfielders. Now I don't think you're going to get your hands on this kid Owen Cassie, who sounds like he's going to be a stud. But here's the issue: whether or not the Cubs bring back Bellinger or not, they've already got left and right field in Happ and Suzuki, and they've got Pete Crow Armstrong, who's their top prospect, who's supposed to be the world's greatest defensive center fielder around. We're still waiting for him to get that knock at the major league level, but hopefully the hitting will come around. So whether or not you bring Bellinger back to play center and kind of delay the start of Pete Crow Armstrong or not, like, you've got a full outfield. You know, we're not going to play a rover position. We're not going to do what the I think the Rays have done in times past and play four outfielders. Like, the, we're not doing that. So what does that mean? You've got guys to trade. So, like I said, it might not be Owen Cassie. It might be a guy like uh, Alexander Canario, who's a guy we saw very late in the season last year, um, but is seems to be major league ready. So, if it happens, and I don't think it will, but if it does indeed happen, this team is a great fit. Anyone with prospects is a great fit. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I I honestly don't think Belly goes back to Chicago because of all the things you said. Like they have guys there that they could allocate that money other places. I I, I don't I don't think he goes back there. So really where the don't. hell does he end up? I don't really know, Chris. I've been kind of thinking about that. I, I'm not really sure. Um, he's an interesting one. We, we, we'll, we'll probably get into that more. Well, hopefully, he's assigned soon and we'll know the team. But I, I don't think the Cubs are that. Well, I mean, they, they are a good fit, but they have pieces they could allocate the money elsewhere. So, I don't know, man. Shout out, PC. I can't wait to see you get your first knock, man. I know. I know. I hope that oh, for 14. Let's go, dude. Drop a bunt down. Hey, listen. Guardians manager, Stephen Vogt, went, uh, what did he go? Oh for... 32. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. That was rough. You weren't in Oakland by the time he got that hit. No, you weren't there yet. No, he was... I don't know. He I was... think that was in Tampa that that happened, right? I don't know if he got the hit in Tampa. I think he went hitless in Tampa. In Tampa, and then and finally then got in Oakland? Oh, that's awesome. That's rough. You think Steven Vogt's going to trade fucking Emmanuel Classe? He better not. I, I'll have to get on the horn with him. Don't trade him. Don't trade, don't trade this, him. dude. All right, the top free agent pitcher on the market, of course, is Blake Snell. And while he's been waiting for that uh, big-time contract, he's been spending some of his own money on a travel team in his hometown of Seattle. The 12 U's are now known as Team Zilla National, as you can see, all decked out in his sweet gear. First of all, let's just give some props to Blake Snell just for doing this. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is awesome. Could you imagine if you were on Team Zilla National? Let's not forget that Blake Snell was the first real fan of this show. We used to go on IG Live. He was always in our chat, man. So we have to shout right. out him. And it's amazing. I mean, the the uniforms, everything, giving back. I, I had this discussion with Olivia the other day. I'm like, I need, I want to give back more to the game of baseball because it's given me so much. And like, I, I'm figuring out ways to do that. Youth baseball coaching, I've done that. I want to do a little bit more. But Blake doing this is just, it shows what kind of person he is. He's awesome. By the way, every one of those 12-year-olds has got to be great at video games. You can't be on Team Zilla National and not be good at video games good on point. top of baseball, That's right? A good I mean, point. And I'm sure that he's probably, they probably have like a team, you know, they're all throwing their headsets on, and he's the number one guy talking the most shit to all those 12-year-olds is my guess. Um, so the second part of this, and you 
in addition to giving flowers to Snell for doing this, if you could have one big leaguer that's playing right now or the past, I don't care, sponsor your club, who would it be? I got a guy who I saw sponsor a club firsthand, and I was always so jealous. I didn't know he went to Pepperdine University. I didn't know he went to Fremont High School in Los Angeles. I didn't know he was an AL Central guy like myself. Chet Lemon. Chet Lemon. Chet Lemon, baby. Whoa. This dude, his team was called the Juice. And they were badass, dude. They had all the cool uniforms. They used to show up to these tournaments and they'd have this big old bus driving around. And all of us are like hopping out of our parents' cars. Like they had a team bus, sweet unis, Chet Lemon. What a great name. Uh, this guy did it. I think before like anybody was doing that, this guy sponsored a team and they were good, man. I think they had multiple levels as well. Uh, so Chet Lemon's my answer because I saw it happen. I saw what he did. I'm I'm big fan of yours, Chet. That is awesome. So uh, Chet Lemon, for people that obviously don't know that name, that, that's one from my childhood. His <laughs> The best stop on the tour for him was the Tigers. He was on that mm -hmm. 84 team. Um, You're so weird, Chris. You're so fucking weird. Dude. Why? How do you know that? Dude, that was 84. So he was an all-star in 84. Three-time yeah, all-star, actually. I, I, that's my wheelhouse, man. You don't remember baseball teams from when you're 13 years old? Like They were a great the, – the Tigers that year – they kicked everybody's ass. They started the year something like 35 and 5. Seriously, they wow. won like 35 of their first 40 games and they were crushing people. And they just marched right through the playoffs. Back then there were there weren't multiple rounds. You only played the you went directly to the ALCS. You won your division. They were in the American League East. You played the winner of the AL West. You win that, you go on to the World Series and they crushed the San Diego Padres in 5 games. That was the one where Kirk Gibson, you know, um Goose Gossage was on the mound for the Padres. Of course, the Yankees legendary right guy out of bullpen, the big handlebar mustache. There's a great clip of Sparky Anderson telling Kirk Gibson, it's like, he's afraid of you. He's afraid of you. But he's going to try and strike you out. And boom, Gibson go, Gibson, Gibby goes right up there, nails it in the second deck in the old Titan mm. Stadium. Good stuff. I uh, knew Chet Lemon would bring some stuff out in you. Oh, I knew it. God, I knew it. You. It made my day right there. Um, for me, I'm going to go active. Do you think we're going to have the swaggiest team ever if Jazz Chisholm oh, is yeah. the sponsor? I mean, how good is everything? The gloves, right? He comes out with some of the best gloves in the show. The cleats are going to be incredible. The glasses, the shades are going to be unreal, and we're all going to be iced out. So, I, I don't know what would, what, what would the team name be like orchestra jazz is orchestra like what do you what do you got bro yeah you just go the Davises like like a little Miles Davis something <laughs> like that yeah you have a little trumpeter on the side hey man yeah. I don't care how old you are jazz is cool jazz you, is cool yeah. yeah you know I don't care what age you are so there you go nice let us know if you have some other uh suggestions there in the chat uh there is one other big thing I'd like to announce. Should have done this at the top of the show. Shame on me. We are going back live. We're go we'll do it live. That's right. We're going to take baseball today back live. So we're how we're going to do this, this will be new for us. We are going to do it on our baseball YouTube channel, our John Boy Media Baseball YouTube channel. And so we're going to have a chat open. We're going to do it, you know, I think we're going to start picking it up pretty soon in the offseason where we only go twice a week. And then... 
five days a week during the regular season. We're going to try and keep it roughly the same time, but I will let you know that there's certain days where it just jumps around. Our, our taping schedule changes, things of that nature. But we will let everybody know on social media when we're going. We'll probably even let you know the night before. And then we want you to join us. Chad is going to be a big part of our show. We love that. I'm excited about that. It is a big part of our show. They keep us in check. Totally. Give us some good ideas. Yep. You know, we ask the questions. We really built a very nice community uh, on AMP. That's gone. So now we're going to keep it going uh, on the YouTube side. Yep. Yep. All right. This was a lot of fun, as always, uh, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and Lucas Diversa. Thanks for hanging out with us, making sure that the ones and twos were working. And my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see Jolly Olive in that seat on Monday's edition of Baseball Today.